one of the things that I love about Advent is just kind of stepping back from the craziness of the schedule and, and uh, focusing in on words like joy. And so I appreciate Kirk and Michelle uh, just kind of reminding us of that, that opportunity. And um, I was thinking back to when we had a chance to be at the Holy Land a few years ago. And, and one of the things that I really, one of my favorite places was, it was called the Shepherd of the Caves. And we, we were down in this little area where the shepherds probably stayed. Now, if, you've, if you ever get the chance to go to the Holy Land, go. I would really recommend it. It's, uh, it takes, and you've heard me say this, you've heard other people say, it takes the black and white of the Bible and puts it into color. And uh, it's just awesome. It's just an awesome time to, to see the life of Jesus and all these things. And it's just in a 250-mile area, 250-mile square foot or square mile area where all the things of the Bible took, took place. But it was just phenomenal to, uh, to be a part of that. So I enjoyed that. And, and it, it always reminded me of the whole concept of the shepherds. And we'll, we'll probably talk about that later, but just the, the way that God uh, encouraged them and, and included them. Um, anyway, joy is, is something that, that I want you to catch. We're working through a series called Real Christmas. You just saw a rather unique... Uh, introduction to our Christmas Eve service. Um, that's, this is the second time I've seen it, so I really didn't know what was going to happen, but uh, it was kind of fun. But here's what I want you to think about with me. This concept of real is something that I want you to catch from God's Word, and I'm hoping that you would sense again today the opportunity to really, really experience, I don't want to use that word too many times, but it's like we just take things for granted. And we listen to what we think is truth, and we just kind of build our lives around it. And I want you to catch as we're working through this series on real truth that that God has an amazing plan for us. This morning, I want to talk about real affirmation. Very interesting to look up definitions, and sometimes you can find a lot of things. Here's the one I want to share with you this morning. You see it on the screen. The process of affirming something for encouragement and hope and living. Lots to unpack there. We, We use words of encouragement to affirm others. We use words of encouragement from others to be affirmed in our own lives, which gives us hope and life, which gives us the chance to connect through follow-through. Affirmation gives authenticity to our way of life, which is glorifying Christ. Paul said, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. And my question this morning is, is is that your creed today? I love the Christmas story because in the Christmas story, it shows me people who carried out God's truth. And I hope we get today to Zechariah, kind of a, a, I call it Zechariah part two. Uh, Brian spoke a little bit about Zechariah and some things that were going on in his life, but I want you to catch something that happened in his life where when he stepped up and affirmed this whole decision, it's like it gave authenticity to God's message. And I want you to catch that because sometimes we forget that. Um, my relationship with the Lord guides me through all kinds of events. Last week, I tried to explain something to you. I'm just going to remind you in second service, if, if you got a card this morning, I just want to give you a chance to, to fill these out as you walk out. There's a basket here. There's a basket on the eye table, and it just says, fill me with the joy of your presence and remove. And I had a chance to pray over a number of things from first service, from finances to anxiety to fear to relationships to marriages, and it's just a chance for me. Now, there's a name. It's optional here, but if you want me to pray over this with you, I'd love to have you take that moment when you got that card, and as you're walking out the door, just pop it in there, and I'd love to to pray with you on that. Just kind of a a reminder today as you have that chance. Okay, I want to look at three things this morning. 
And to me, it's this, all around this concept of affirmation. Now, it's funny. As I looked at the definition of, a, of affirmation, one of the things it said was, it's a, a reminder of a phrase you say in your life that makes you feel good about yourself. So you just continue to affirm yourself by saying something over and over and over again. I thought that was interesting. That, that's not necessarily what I'm looking at this morning. What I'm looking at is you, you understand this concept of building a foundation around real affirmation. So the first one is divine power. And I love the, the two verses in 2 Peter 1, uh, verses three and four, it says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So the promise to me, as I look at those two verses this morning, is that through his own glory and goodness, we can live godly lives. His promises give us hope, forgiveness of sin, eternal life, direction from the Holy Spirit, peace, hearts guarded in him. His promises are unlimited and abundant. And I was supposed this morning that if you thought about in an honest way of looking at yourself, you would go, okay, here is uh, something in my life, John, that, that corruption and evil desires are, are a part of me. And it's, it's important enough to, for me this morning to stop just for a moment and to pray with you and those of you online to pray over you in this area of just allowing him to give you victory. Would you just pray with me for a minute? Lord, thank you for the, the promise of your word. And thank you that uh, you've given us this chance to uh, um, just get, gain victory. So your provision tells us that uh, you give us this chance to just see us overcome corruption and evil desires. I pray specifically, Holy Spirit, you would stand against that in our lives today. And if there are those who are battling that on a daily basis, that you would bring victory, that you would bring peace, so that we can begin to experience real affirmation in our lives as we see you a part of us. So, God, we're excited to see you give us victory today. That's in your name we pray. Amen. I like part of the provision that he talks about, and it comes out of 1 John 5, 4. It says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So the affirmation I want to give you today, in, in the midst of what you're struggling with, in, in the midst of what you are uncertain about, he gives us the ability and the promise to know that he gives us, we can overcome the world. And I want to give you that promise today. The second thing that I want, want you to, to catch this morning is divine perspective. My life verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I like it out of the Living Bible, and it says this, remember this, the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Many others have faced exactly the same problems before you, and no temptation is irresistible. You can trust God to keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it, for he has promised this and will do what he says. He will show you how to escape temptation's power so that you may bear it patiently against it. The promise is this. Many others have faced the same wrong desires and problems. They aren't anything new and different. And that's the plan of the enemy, to make us think that everything we face is we isolate ourselves. Only I suffer from this. Only I'm struggling. Nobody can understand what I'm facing. Nobody can really, and so we begin to pull ourselves farther and farther back from the will of God, and, and we just begin to get more and more discouraged. The promise is that he said that he would do that. And that's important. The provision says this, no temptation is irresistible. God won't let it overwhelm us. He will show us the way through. This is my life first, and there's lots to build on it. The affirmation for me comes from his promise and his provision. The follow through and the blessing is that I love this verse. I claim it all the time. 
And what I realized is that when, when his word tells me that the provision he's given me is that I will not be overwhelmed, that's a promise and a provision, that's how I want to live. Maybe there's things in your life that you feel overwhelmed about. And there's times where you literally have to say in your mind, I need to step back and see you, God, give me this peace that I will not be overwhelmed. And that's, there's a lot of deep-seated things going on there. I, the one I thought about was when I had a stroke five years ago. Some of you don't know that, but, and some of you do know that. But uh, one of the things they told me was that for two months that I had to tell my mind, I had to literally do nothing that, I, that, all, that all the pressure was around me from work. So I had to literally stay at home and do my own little thought process and make my mind think about nothing. Do you know how hard that is to do? It's like you just put nothing in your mind. And so it's this whole idea, but, but I, I kept remembering this verse. It's not gonna overwhelm me, the things that I face. I, I mentioned the first service. I got into a little routine for two months, five days a week. I watched, uh, let's make a deal and the price is right. Now there's a good thing to put nothing in your mind about, okay? Because there's just nothing about those shows that are gonna really, but, but that was just a, a process that, that you know, I thought, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. And I knew that the, the church was doing great and, and leadership was doing fine here. What is it today that, that you're worried about being overwhelmed by? And what is it today that, that you have not allowed the Lord to give you victory and release in because you're so worried, it, you just, it just continues to come back. I, I worry about that. And when he looks, when his word tells me that everything I face, my, my translation, and I've told this to a lot of people, you've probably heard it from me, is, hey, what you're facing right now is not gonna overwhelm you because he tells us that. And he promises that, and that's extremely important. Number three, the divine plan. So we, we talk a little bit about uh, um, Zechariah, and I love this part of the Christmas story. So, so to me, as I prepare for Christmas every year, I feel like there's a couple things, that, there's a couple choices that I make. The first one is I'll say, you know what? It's kind of the same story. It's kind of the same thing. Or I say, Lord, would you impress upon me something that I need to gain from the whole aspect of the Christmas story of the celebration of Christ's birth? And as I go through that, year after year, he reminds me of new ways. His, his uh, word says they're new every morning. Your promises are new every morning. And I see that. So here we go. Beginning with verse 57 in Luke 1. And you can follow along if you've got it. You can see it on the screen. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. And you remember this story. They said, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was open and his feet, his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand is with him. The promise. The promise was these were interesting days. And Elizabeth was a faithful servant loved by all. And you remember this story. We've talked about it a little bit. For God to promise a child was the topic of the day that everybody was speaking about. They saw God's promise to give her a child. They knew that she was a faithful servant in the temple. She knew that, <clears throat> excuse me, Zechariah was a, a, a priest who served in the temple. And for God to come up and say, I promise to give you a child was an incredible blessing. In fact, they called it a, a blessing of mercy. A friendly regard to Elizabeth, people saw it. 
When she rejoiced, they rejoiced with her. We ought to take pleasure in the prosperity of our neighbors and friends, this one commentary said, and to be thankful for God for their comforts as for our own. And so this affirmation that came, came as a result of faithful people continuing to look to God, staying connected to God. Let me just stop here for a minute and let you know that one of the temptations this world gives us, gives you and me, is not staying connected to, to our relationship with Jesus. Either it's creature comforts or it's stress or it's unforgiven sin or it's situations that we've never asked God to, to really step in and forgive us on or it's just flat out stubbornness and pride that, that keep us moving in a direction where we never really experience God's real truth. I'm looking at a great group of people this morning and I know that you understand that. But I also want you to realize that it is very easy for us to slim, simply allow little things to pop into our minds where we forget that God's real truth in our life is gonna make the difference. The affirmation came when Zechariah asked for a pencil and wrote the name John down. The place lit up. So, so Zechariah, his affirmation, it was kind of a different aspect of the definition that I gave you of affirmation this morning is this. He knew that in his life, God had asked him to, to use affirmation to affirm that would allow his plan to be revealed. Here, here's my question to you, and I don't want to jump too far ahead because I'm going I'm to get to you. Who is it today, or what is it today that God's asking you to affirm? Sometimes it's just nice to be affirmed in our lives. When people give us the words of affirmation, it encourages us to move forward and to serve and to be uh, excited and to be a part of uh, God's goodness. And sometimes it's more of a... Um, you know what, that affirmation allowed me to realize that I need to show my relationship with Jesus. So let me ask you this today. Who has God put in your life? This is a, this is a big step forward from Zechariah writing the name John on a piece of paper. Who is it that God needs you to, to affirm so they can be released to use their spiritual gifts and their abilities and the peace in their lives and the ability to say, Lord, I, you've got a, a plan for me. Who is it that God wants you to affirm? Because a lot of times what I say to myself is, God, where's the affirmation for me? I need people that are saying to me, hey, encourage me. Tell me that I'm doing a good job or tell me I need to do this. God specifically uses his truth in your life and mine to affirm his incredible glory in the lives of people around us. And if we're gonna become so focused on the world, which you know what, we're, we're humans, we're normal. We, we understand what it is down here. We live by creature comforts, I know I do. But if I'm willing to step back and say, Lord, what is it that you want to use in me? And what is it that you're telling me? Or what is it that you're waiting for me to affirm in the people that, that you love around me to free them up to do what they're wanting to do? What is it? And my challenge to you this morning is this. Who needs it? Who needs it from us? Maybe we get so caught up in our own little worlds that we don't, we don't even think about God's plan for life. I, I, I wanna give you this blessing and this encouragement this morning. On the 4th of December, 2022, this Christmas season has the ability to be one of the best ones you've ever experienced. If you and I are willing to say, Lord, what is it that you're asking me to affirm? You've, you've affirmed my life for me to move forward. And what is it that you're asking me to affirm in other people? You've seen words of affirmation and how, how they affect people. You watch it even with your own kids if you have children. And when you give them a word of encouragement and when you say something to them and you, you say, hey, uh, um, you know, I really noticed this in you. They just, they just light up. 
It's like they just come alive, and, and it gives them the ability to want to do good things, and you almost hope that they want to do their chores, you know, or something as you, you build on them. Sometimes you give word, words of affirmation. I looked at the, uh, uh, the two Wheeler teenagers today, and I told them the wrong story, and, and poor Ethan did not know what I was talking about until I sent him by and realized, yep, wrong family. So I gave him words of affirmation that meant nothing to him. Because I saw another family in our church who got uh, busters this week and they were taken home and I thought, hey, it was you guys and it wasn't them guys. So you know what? Sometimes we make those mistakes. So Jeff and Carolyn, if you'll tell them that when he gets home, say, hey, John was way off base. Just tell him he's old, you know. Anyway, so um, words of affirmation make a huge difference. But, but sometimes we forget that God has a plan. I want you to see, I want you to go one step farther today and I don't want to spend too much time here, but God wants you to affirm something in someone's life that could set off the most amazing plan in the world. Not, not, many, too, not many bigger than the birth of Jesus. Okay, I get that one. So Zechariah, he says, John, that's pretty cool. But what's going on in your world and mine where God says, I want you to, that, that those words of affirmation are gonna build a future and a hope in people that you need to step forward and deliver. And maybe you're not even thinking that way today. Maybe you're going, John, you don't understand. I barely get one foot in front of the other. For me to finish a day, man, I'm just happy that, that my kids have the clothes and the shoes on the right feet. And we've eaten three meals and we're, uh, we're okay. My brother recently flew, flew in from Billings and he was next to a guy who was a, now this is weird, I'm gonna say this carefully, but he was homeless. Now they're calling him houseless. I don't know if you've heard that, so whichever one. And the guy said he had, uh, he was seeing a buddy who was dying and somehow got a plane ticket, so he was sitting next to my brother. Now, when, when I fly, sometimes when you fly, you either are tired and you wanna just rest, or sometimes you say, Lord, if there's somebody you wanna speak to. My brother was pretty spiritual that day, and he said, Lord, whoever you want me to talk to. So he had a great, uh, great talk with this guy who flew home, who really lived in a shelter in downtown Portland, didn't really have his own home or house, but knew that he was supposed to encourage and, and give his friends some words of affirmation. I, I'm thinking about that whole story and thinking, uh, you know what, uh, what the guy told me, he said, I have three hots and a cot. That's how he described his life. So it kind of gives you the, the picture of who he is. But he knew that that's what he was supposed to do. And, and I think we can get so caught up in, our, in the importance of our world and the bigness of how cool we are that we forget that God just has a simple word of affirmation that he wants us to use. I want to use one more verse this morning. And my prayer is that the Lord will speak to you and that as you leave today, you're, you're gonna realize that, hey, God, I wanna be a person of affirming person. I wanna per, be a person of affirmation. But it's Jeremiah 29, 11 out of the Living Bible. And you know this is one of my, my verses. And, and I wanna talk with promise, provision, and affirmation from this verse of scripture. And he says this on the screen. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. The promise is that God knows our plans. His for us, from him. God knows them. That's, that's his promise. I have plans for you. And, and some of you are sitting here this morning. Some of you are listening online, which again, we are so glad you're a part of us today. That you forget sometimes that the promise that he gives us is his plans for our lives. The provision that he talks about is their plans for good and not for evil. So the, the promise is that he's giving us these plans. His provision, they're good and not for evil. And then the affirmation centers around a future and a hope. You know me, I like to ask questions. Are you living like you have a future and a hope? Are you affirming God's plans as you live for him? What's robbing you of those affirmations this morning? 
Sometimes we can get so caught up in, in our situations and in our struggles and in our discouragement that we forget that God has a very cool plan where he just says to you, you know what, John, if you, I'm gonna affirm you to free you up to do what you want. 16 years ago, my wife was in the hospital. We're just talking about uh, illnesses today in our family. My stroke and when Cheryl was in the hospital 16 years ago. And I remember very clearly that God gave her the phrase, feed my sheep. And, and I was going through so many things in my life. We weren't sure what was going on with Cheryl. We, if you, if some of you remember that, some of you don't know about it, but something happened to her. Her thoracic duct started leaking and nobody knew why. And there was all these reasons they had. So I'm sitting there trying not to panic. And then my wife gets a message from God that says, feed my sheep. Well, that's such words of affirmation. I mean, we were, we were just a year into the church at Mountain View. And I thought, okay, Lord, um, thank you. That's, that's what I needed, rather than worry. Because at that point, they didn't know what to do. The, the, these specialists, they were calling all across America, hey, we can't figure out what's going on with this lady. And you know, I'm sitting there going, Lord, what are you doing? And then I hear this clear message of uh, feed my sheep. And sometimes that's exactly what God needs to use in your life and mine to free us up to serve him the way he wants us to serve. So let me ask you this question this morning. What's overwhelming you? What's overwhelming you this morning? If we had time this morning and we, we went around the congregation, we jumped online and we had people send little responses and we said, this is what's overwhelming me. And I think about what, my, what the promise of God's word is that nothing will overwhelm me. Then why am I not giving that to him this Christmas season to experience real affirmation and real truth to watch him bring absolute real victory? And that's where he's taking us. It seems that simple, it seems that complicated, but that, that's what I wanna leave you with today, and that's the blessing that I wanna give you today, which is, are you living your life according to real affirmation? Would you pray with me?